PJ Coogan and Kitchen Table Productions present 20 Minutes With, a short podcast for a busy world. Hello, and for the last time in 2019, you're very welcome to 20 Minutes With. It's just a few days before Christmas now. My guest today is a man who started work on his own Christmas project way back in the summer. John Dolan is the editor of the Cork Hollybo, a magazine that for Cork people all over the world is as much a part of Christmas as spiced beef from the English market or the boys and girls of Cher with their collection boxes. So I thought, why not mark the festive season by finding out a bit more about this much-loved publication that first hit the streets well over a century ago. John, the Hollybo is, what, 122 years old now? Um, and I'll come to how an English fella happens to be editing it in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But it's a unique history. When did it start? Who started it? Where did the idea come from? Yeah, it was founded in 1897. So yeah, you're right, 122 years this year. Um, and basically it was brought out by the court constitution at the time. Um, and we know it was founded in 1897 only since I became editor. And I put out a bit of an appeal to, to ask people who had the oldest Hollybow. Um, and lo and behold, a guy in Canada who was from Cork originally uh, had one in his loft. And it was you could see it was the, the, the original first one because they had a mission statement for the first Hollybow. So that was great to actually pin it down to them. Um, so, yeah, it was Cork Constitution who founded it. Um, and it was 1930 when it actually became part of the Examiner and Echo stable. Um, there's a little bit of history to that because what the Examiner and Echo did was they didn't like this popular Hollybow, you know, obviously taking their, what they thought was their Cork market. Mm. So they brought out their own Christmas edition called the Christmas Number. Um, and you still hear people refer to the Holly Bow as the Christmas number now. I still hear older people call it that. So it's it still has a kind of a residue in, within the, the you know the culture. Um, but what happened was around about 1930, the Court Constitution was in a bit of a, a financial mix um, mire. So um, the Crosbys offered two hundred pounds, the princely sum of, um, and the deed was done. Two hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds. I know. I know Ted Crosby now. God bless him. He's he's still out there. We went. To, we brought the Holly Bow out to. Ted in Montanotti when it came out a few a few uh, last month um, and it was great to see him and he's in yeah. great form you know and obviously they, they, they sold the, the company last year after five generations um, the original you said the mission statement what was its first purpose when when someone devised let's bring out a, a special paper for Christmas in car what was the idea yeah, it, it was lovely sort of Victorian flowery language that was used, but when you kind of pared it down, it was essentially the same mission statement that we have today. And that's to give something, I mean, it mentions the word, you know, to bring gaiety and, and good reading and, and, a good, and good writing to people at this lovely festive time of year. And it even refers to the fact that it was, um, you know, it was a time when people could, you know, take a break from the daily chores of life and um, and the daily woes of life mm. uh, in 1897 they were they were much worse than now obviously um, and it was a time for people to rest and relax and take comfort and be with friends and mm. and enjoy the 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 traditions of the holly bow yeah and that continues to this day the nature mm. of its content is very important mm. it never changes you as in the, the, the actual stories but the the, the form of content that's in it is the same year in, year out. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the key to its success, obviously, it's a great tradition, but what we have is we pack in so many great stories every year. And I'm sport for choice. Uh, I really am, PJ. I mean, I always say I could fill two Holly Bowers and the third mm. wouldn't be bad either, you know, that kind of, you know, we get so many stories sent in. And, and, and the key to it really is is it, to keep it local and let local people tell their own stories because everyone has a story, every family mm. has a story. 
Um, and you know, we have historians, we have writers like you know Conal Creedon, we have we have professional writers like you know Catherine and, and Ryan this year. Mm. Uh, we have historians, we have experts in the field who write. But the actual real essence of the Hollybow is is horrible word but ordinary people people who aren't in that bracket mm. you know people who are plumbers people who drive buses people who you know anybody and they have a story about their own family about christmas you know something that happened to them or to a mm. family member or a friend and they tell the story in the hollywood and some of them are, are tear-jerking and some of them are hilarious mm. uh, and you know and that's the key to it really it's it's everybody has a story and thankfully they keep sending them to the hollywood what do you think has um allowed it to last 122 years because it's unique of its kind mm. and and um, I, I use the term uh, with great care it's old-fashioned yeah I know what you mean by old-fashioned um I think that the key to its success is is its consistency of over many many years and Christmas is a time when when we all follow traditions isn't it you know we we do this we tend to do the same things every year and we tend to pass on those traditions to the next generation now obviously that doesn't work all the time that some traditions just fall, fail by fall by the wayside for whatever reason but the holly bough has just stayed there and I always say first of all I always say every town and city should have a holly bough and secondly I say actually I'm not sure if they'd work anywhere else because the holly bough and cork itself are intrinsically you know mm. linked to each other uh, and the reason it's so successful in Cork is because of Cork people there's a pride in this place there's a pride in the people you know they may leave and, and move to other countries around the world but Cork stays with them much more than I think it does with you know virtually anybody else that I know in England and possibly even in Ireland as well it's a, it's a uniqueness that Cork people have a love for their own kind and their own people and their own territory um, and that is the reason why I think the Holly Bow is such a success in Cork No. I'm listening to you talking to me there, and that's not a Cork accent. <laughs> I don't know if you yourself have any Cork connections, but you got handed this when? Yeah, 2002, PJ, yeah. I mean, as you can hear from my accent, um, my surname is Dolan, so uh, both my father's parents were from the west of Ireland, right. so no connections to Cork whatsoever. Uh, and my wife is from League Slip up, up the country near Dublin, so again, no Cork connection there. Um, so, yeah, I came in 2001, uh, and in 2002, um, Dan Linehan, who was the chief executive of the Echo at the time, um, he decided, he, he had a look at the Hollybow and he thought, you know, we could actually turn this around a little bit. That There was a feeling that it just could do with a bit of investment and a bit of a different feel to it. Um, Walter McGraw was the editor for many years and he'd left. And there was a feeling that uh, Dan was probably unique, actually, in the organisation and actually seeing the potential there for the Hollybow to, to maybe grow even. Um, and so he took took the Hollybow away from the examiner, brought it to the Echo, and because I was the features editor, Dan and the uh, Echo editor, Morris Gubbins, asked me if I'd be the editor of the Hollybow for 2002. And my initial reaction was, the Holly what? <laughs> I had, you know, I would never heard of the thing. Mm. And, you know, obviously what, what I did then, that was early in the year, so I had a good run up to it. Um, it wasn't quite the size it is today. Mm. Um, but yeah, I immersed myself in what the Hollybow was. I had several lovely lunches with Walter McGrath, who was, uh, getting very old at the time he's since passed away unfortunately um, and spoke to many other uh, learned older colleagues of mine as well at the Echo and the Examiner just to get a sense and a feel of what it's all about um, and hopefully we've carried that through from the last uh, 17 years so when when do you start it goes out it, this year it went up on the out there on the shelves on the the 4th of November I think mm. it was mm. it was because I bought it on the 5th <laughs> and 
when do you start putting it together? Yeah, I always say it's a Christmas publication and it's an Easter to Halloween production. Um, you know, and I, funnily enough, I was talking to some, to one of the people who runs the Panto, uh, and she said something very similar to me about the production of the Panto in Cork. You know, you, you, it's strange, really, but round about Easter time, you're setting up the edition, and you already have a bank of stories that that, that are coming in all the time from when it comes out up till Easter, um, and then I start, you know, putting out a few feelers and coming up with a few ideas, and obviously checking the emails and seeing what we have. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funny thing because you know it can be the height of a, a really hot summer, uh, and I could be in here one day and it's the sun shining, cracking the flags outside, and I'm asking someone if they could please do me a Hollybell story, and can I have it by the end of August, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember that great freeze you got caught up in in 1990, frozen to death, and you're writing about it in August in yeah. your shorts. So. Yeah, I mean, it's and you know it's funny because you know most of the time if it's the middle of July and someone's maybe on the holidays and they get an email to say, could you write me a Hollybell story? please you know the initial reaction you would think would be you know go to hell <laughs> or at least come back when it's a bit colder but you know the love for the Hollybow is always there and you know even in July people recognize the fact that it's been worked on and 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 you know people are all, all too happy to, to get involved yeah. and I think people as well can come to you with an idea for a story and on unlike any other newspaper I think in the year there's a kind of thing with the Hollywood, like you said before, the ordinary Joe or Mary Soap's mm. story, 500 words, 1,000 words about their granddad who was in, say, the First World War or whatever. Mm. Yeah, write it down. Give us 500 words and it'll get in. Yeah, that, that's the thing with it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're very much open to, to offers from everybody. And, you know, it's funny, when I first took over... Email didn't exist really, so we we were receiving you know lots of letters from people with articles, and now it's amazing how it's completely turned around, and even people in the nineties email me <laughs> about mm. the Hollybows. So that's one thing that's changed probably for the better in terms of produ- production of something like the Hollybow. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that you know I often say you know th- th- some of the best stories for the Hollybow. People will, will drop me an email and say, oh, I've got a story, but you probably won't like it, mm. but, you know. But I get yeah, here's what it's about. And, I, and they'll tell me and I'll go, wow, that is such a great Hollywood mm. story, you know, mm. M- much more often than someone who might say, you know, oh, this is a great Hollywood story. And yeah. you think, oh, well, it's OK, but, you know, you need to do this, we need to do that. There's know? a couple of things every year that are key to it. And I'm looking at it here in front the front page, mm. the front page picture. And there's one lovely story from a few years ago of you had um, pictures of telephonists. Mm. And there was a whole follow on from that. The mm. front page, page picture is very carefully chosen, isn't it? Oh, it's completely, it's iconic, PJ, it really is. And what, what happened was, um, th- there was a tradition. It's funny because you, when you look at Hollybows down the decades, you do get a sense of the, the culture of Cork at the time and of Ireland at the time. So in the 50s and 60s, there were quite religious, iconic uh, images mm. on the cover. And then they, came, they, be, they became, a li- when colour came in, they became a little bit more modernish, I guess. And when I took over, we, we had several years, really successful years, where we, we found old photographs from Christmas in our archives and we used them as the cover. And it became a great tradition of, of, of locating the people on the cover. And you're right, the one that a lot of people remember is the telephonist because that was a picture of, a, I think it was a Christmas uh, telephone exchange party. Or I think they were based in the north side of the city at the time as well. And we had, you know, there must have been 50 people on the picture and we, got, we named nearly all of them. Mm. Nearly, nearly everyone now. Many of them had passed away, sadly, but it was the the children as well who were saying, "That's my mum." You know, there was yeah. lots of women on the picture because it was the the telephonist exchange. Yeah. And and then yeah, maybe four or five years ago, we 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 decided to change it slightly because 
I, I got the sense we were running out of good photos and we also had a chance because we got this lovely really thick paper to make mm. the holly bow last longer so I knew then that we could actually put something that was slightly more artistic and colourful and lush and, and that's and, and you mentioned this year's this is a, a lovely illustration by Don Ryan a Kinsale illustrator and I just think it's fabulous you could it's put just, that in a frame it's, it's beautiful people have said to me you should make it a jigsaw you know it should be a picture we actually have Christmas cards here at the mm. Echo with it on and, and I know Don is selling them as well and it's it's just I mean it's based on a natural photograph and mm. I love it I just love the research he's done you know the characters and everything and there's so much detail in it mm. and you're right it's become it's become part of the Hollybow when it's printed what's on the cover people mm. want to people want to see the cover and then I think when, when anyone sees this year's even if it's a warm day in, in early November mm. it becomes Christmas straight away yeah, you know, straight away it, yeah. it had that, that, that ability I, I yeah. remember picking it up and going Oh God, that's gorgeous. That's yeah. just so beautiful. And there's memory in it, there's colour, mm. there's fun, there's fantasy, there's snow, which we don't get a lot of. No. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but it's a lovely it's a lovely Another thing that is a key part of the Hollywood, and it's probably the, the thing that people will keep mm. until St Stephen's Day is the quiz. Okay. Give us the history yeah. of the quiz. Because again, it's it's a it's a one and only. It is. This is Jenny Diffney's quiz. And I came across it only because uh, Jenny Diffney, um, who sets the quiz every year, he, he has several uh, gentlemen's outfitters stores around the Dublin area, not in, not in Munster even. Um, but what he did every year, and he still does it now, is he puts some, something up on his website uh, and it's a Diffney quiz and it's basically letters and numbers mm. and, and, and you have to name what this phrase or the title mm. of the film or whatever it might be, a song title is. Um, and so... I, I used to see that at Christmas before I was editor of the Hollybell because I used, I used to go up to my wife's family in League Slip for Christmas and we'd all do the Diffney quiz and it was great fun and it was hugely popular. So when I became editor of the Hollybell, I thought I'll give Jerry a ring and see if he can do a quiz just for Cork readers with, with quite a few Cork clues, but, you know, obviously clues for Ireland International, mm. but a nice few Cork smattering of clues as well as well. So he, he might have a, a bus route or something like that from mm. Cork or, or, you know, something about Munster or Cork City. Um, and it's just become so popular. Yeah. It's become a great tradition. People what, love it. What is so good about it is you actually wouldn't realise it's only been there. For, for 17 years. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. it was always there. It is. It's like, like anything that's really good is it, it, so, it, quick, it becomes such a great tradition so quickly yeah. that people will just assume, oh, it's been there for donkey's years. But... You know, you're, you're going to a pub on Stevens's day <laughs> mm. uh, and, and there'll be a holly bow open on the counter with the quiz about three quarter finished and two owl lads <laughs> at their, with their pints arguing about the clues. It's yeah. fabulous. I, do you know, I think the real secret of the Diffney quiz to me, the key, is, is it Christmas? the generations all get together yeah. and I just think it's impossible for me or anybody to name all of those 60 answers it's impossible because there'll be something there that's an Irish poem or there'll be something there that's a rap album or there'll be, you know, so there's something there that the teenagers will get there's something there that in the 30s the, yeah. the millennials will get the older people will get so you need to involve people with you and at Christmas when you're all together you know, and you're doing a Diffney quiz and the one that's been stumping the brain box of the house for the last month you know the teenager will pipe up and say, I know the answer. Or, yeah. you know, the 18-year-old great-granddaddy in the corner will say, I know that, you know. And that's the beauty of it. It gets people together and you need help. You couldn't do it on your own. It's multi-generational and it's social. Yeah. The other thing about it is, like, you have gone online and you can read it online, but yet... 
this is a this is a, 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 a magazine that you have to have mm. a hard copy. And every year you publish pictures of people with their hollybows from all over the world. This thing travels. Oh, it does. I mean, and I think it's, you've just hit the nail on the head because it's the diaspora of Cork, and we touched upon it before about the pride people have in Cork, even when they've been gone for, for decades. And that's what's captured in the, in the photo gallery there. Um, because it just started as, again, it, it was just initially a page or two back in the day. And then it just, it's just become very, very quickly, like, like the Diffney quiz, has become a huge tradition. So, again, it's funny because, you know, I'm getting pictures now for, this, for next year's already. I, I have pictures already. People go on holiday and bring it. People get married and they bring it on the wedding day. Mm. Um, people bring it to when they're visiting, you know, the son or the father or whatever in Australia mm. or New Zealand and America, places where court people have been living for generations. So, or when yeah. you're putting together the Christmas box, yes. you know, for the son or daughter in yeah. Australia... And they're saying they're putting in the the Barry's tea and the Tato crisps and, and 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 the the Cadbury's cho- dairy milk chocolate, and they're putting the holly bow in. They're putting it in. holly bow's in good company there. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's just a taste of home, literally a taste of home for everybody. And the holly bow, it really is part of it, and people love it. Um, What's the most unusual place you can remember hearing that one had been sent? Well, we've we've had we've touched all the continents, including Antarctica. We've been to Antarctica. We've, we've had people who've been diving off the Galapagos Islands underneath the water with the holly bow, and I'm thinking they're going to ruin the holly bow. <laughs> um, so you know, and and yeah, we, I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's so many kind of statues of liberties and leaning towers and places mm. like that. But I'm always I, I love the um, I love the wedding pictures when when somebody gets married and maybe the bride or the groom or, or one of the family says, "Can we just pose with the holly bow?" And mm. I just I often think that they're on a beach somewhere sunny and and people are saying what the hell's this you know why are we taking a picture with this red publication you know? yeah, and, yeah i mean <laughs> places in parts of the world where you do spend christmas day on the beach <laughs> and there it is next to harlan colburn's latest novel the holly bear exactly yeah and you know you just reminded me pj as well we, we had one this year of a lovely lady who sent in a picture of her and her three daughters uh, off the coast of America who had the hollybow with them and, and when I emailed them and asked them wh- why they had it there she told me just a lovely story about how sadly she'd lost her husband to cancer and the three daughters had lost a father um, and he had a great graph for travel and he wanted to go down this particular route around San Diego and he never actually made it so when the family were deciding where to, where to, bury his, where to put his ashes they brought his ashes on the boat to San Diego and they brought the holly bow on the boat as well. And I just thought, wow, if, if that's a member of the family, you know, it's become yeah. a member of the family. It's that, it's that much, uh, you know, in, it become part of, of people's lives. Mm. Um, and that's just a lovely, a lovely feeling. And I'm, just, I'm listening to you talking, and for someone who said the holly what, <laughs> to the enthusiasm now, yeah. it does grab you, doesn't it? Oh, it does, it does. You know, you get such a, you know, it's funny because, you know, obviously in the day job at the Echo, you know, you, you're working quite quick and you don't get time often as much as you'd like to, to dwell on stories. And I'm sure you'd be the same on in broadcasting mm. yeah. as well. You know, it's almost like quick, 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 quick all the time. And the, the Holly Bow allows me to to take longer with the stories and to craft them a bit more and to, to, to follow up on things and, mm. and to find that picture that the story needs. And that's one of the beauties of it in preparing it. And then the feedback I get at this time of year is just is just mm. worth everything, you know. And it's a great to, it's a great repository of Cork wit and wisdom mm. and storytelling. And I'm sure if you have a collection of holly bows in your house, you have actually got 
a collection of Cork history. You mm. mentioned at the very start the guy who had the oldest one. Have you found the biggest, most continuous collection? No, we haven't. And, and you know, it's funny. We, we, I ha- I've never had my hands on the 1897 one because the guy, he, he sent me photographs of it, but he didn't want to let it go because obviously mm. it was precious to him. Um, now, I haven't seen any between then and kind of the 1920s. So... You know, I'd love to know if if somebody does have one somewhere. If you know, well, in well, an attic, we'll, you know. let's let's put that out there because, yeah. like, it, it when it started with the Constitution and the Examiner took it over, mm. there's obviously copies in the Examiner office and the Examiner archives of all the older ones. But it's the early days you'd love to get. It is the early days, and we find round about twenty, certainly into the 1930s, Cork City Library has them all. Mm. And, you know, and whenever people contact me about the Hollybow, I say the City Library has them and it does, you know, it has all of them there. So that's the place to go. But yeah, I mean, for anything that's, I, I think the late 20s, early 30s is the very earliest they get there. So anything that's before that would be really kind of a, a precious artifact for, for part of Cork's history, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd love to hear from them. This, there, there is a, there is, not only, there is a book in the history of this. There is, you know, it's, um, and Jerry White, the military historian, who's Shocky, written, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's written lo- some lovely articles over the years for the Hollybowers, Jerry. Um, but he's often said, you know, it's actually, the Hollybowers is, is, is actually a historical document of Cork. Mm. And, and it's not a newspaper, you know, and it's, it's, not a, it's not something that's been broadcast on TV or radio. But it's still quite important in the sense that it's telling people stories and it's, it's of its time and, you know. Um, and you know, so when you think about that, it's it's, it's great privilege. You know, it's yeah. a great privilege to be able to do this. And for anybody who's had a story in it as well, I know they get a great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the privilege of writing a few words about my dad last mm-hmm. year, and I, I was very thrilled that you asked me to do it. And it did mean, and it's there, and I'll have it forever in in the Hollybow. And that's, I think, anyone has a chance to write a personal piece. Mm. John, in a modern world where everything's off an electronic screen or mm. off an app. You probably told me in the last 20 minutes the secret to the success of this lovely magazine. What is it? Yeah, I, I just think it's pride and pride that people have in the place where they're from. Uh, and you combine the, the pride that car people have and the love people have for the place and the people. And you combine that with something that's 122 years old and it comes every Christmas, which is a traditional time anyway. And you seem to have this kind of magic blend of ingredients that make the Hollybow, you know, a real a publishing sensation. I mean, you've touched on it because... It's people want to buy the actual copy, and, and you know, in the newspaper environment, it's a de- it's a declining industry. Sadly, mm. circulations are declining across the world, but the Hollybow books the trend. Um, you know, it's it's it's. How many do you sell every year? We'll probably around around about fifty seven, fifty eight thousand copies. Yeah, which is just massive. Um, and you know, we're kind of holding our own in there. And there is a digital edition that people can purchase on mm. the on the web on the Hollybow.ie website. However, you know, you, you will find that the vast, vast majority want the Hollybow in their hands. They want to mm. they want to smell it and touch it and, and it's and they want to keep it. It's a keepsake as well. You know, it very rarely gets recycled, I'd say, at the end of January. <laughs> well, John, listen, again, it's it's a beautiful publication. Congratulations once again. And thanks for sharing the history of the Hollybow with us on our Christmas edition. Thanks, PJ. Merry Christmas to everyone. As we release this episode, our last one of 2019, The Hollybow is still available. More details on www.hollybow.ie. Thanks, John, for the chat, and thanks, of course, to you for listening, as always. I'll be back with new interviews in January, but over the holidays, I'll repost the links to previous episodes. Please do share those links and spread the word about 20 minutes with. For now, though, all that remains for me to do is wish you and those close to you Nullig Hunna, Feliz Navidad, Joya Noel, Vesuik Svian, and Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to 20 Minutes With, a short podcast for a busy world. 
please help to spread the word and watch social media for news of our next episode. <laughs>